Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are continuing this series called I Can Do Hard Things from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have any of you found yourself, because you've been listening to this series, telling yourself, I can do hard things this week? You know, I talked to somebody this week that was their life is going through a tough time, but they said, Phil, guess what? I can do hard things. And, and, I, and I love that because how many of you know life can be hard sometimes? How many of you not, know life can be weird, right? Life can be weird. It can be strange at times. There's struggles. Anybody have any struggles in life? Let me see. Anybody have any struggles that you actually went through and you came through victorious? Let me see your, your, your hand. Amen. Amen. And so, but To be honest, if we're honest here today, when we look at our lives, it's not all hard, right? I mean, there are great things that happen in our lives. Not every day is hard. And, uh, you know, I'll be talking to to somebody and they'll say, you know, Phil, I just had the worst day ever. And I'm like, okay, okay, what happened? Well, I was getting on the 15 and somebody cut me off. Oh, okay. So you allowed a moment to fester into a whole day being bad. You allowed the enemy to take advantage of one moment in your life, and now it turned the whole day into being bad. Come on, somebody. And that's what the enemy wants to do. Do you know, it it takes, in personal relationships, it takes about nine rights to eliminate one wrong. Listen to that. Nine rights to eliminate one wrong. When you think about it, you know, you could be at work and nine people will compliment you. You could make a comment on Facebook and nine positive, encouraging things. And one person, right, will do something negative or the one person who didn't compliment you, where does your mind go? Your mind goes to the negative thing. Your mind goes to what? The hard thing. Because that's what we remember, right? And the enemy, I, wanna, I think it's so important. I want to remind us that the enemy wants to capitalize on that. The enemy wants you to lose heart. You know, the enemy wants you to stop giving. He wants you to stop showing up to church. And he wants you really to stop living this, I can do all things through Christ and strength. And you know what he wants? He wants you to live an I can't life. I can't. No, I can't. So here's what we have to do. We have to change our mindset. Can I hear a good amen? And especially when it comes to doing hard things. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about in hard times, I can change. Or let me say it this way. I can do things differently. Because my church family, unless we change how we are, we will always have what we have. I want to say that again. Unless we change how we are, we will always have what we have, right? I want you to turn to Mark chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading in verse 45. Now, this is a very, very familiar story. And sometimes when we uh, talk about familiar stories, I think we try to predict all of a sudden like what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to be open today because the Bible is alive and you can read a scripture three or four times and get something different out of it because it's alive. And I'm gonna share some stuff with you that I've never really really seen before in this. And so I believe it's gonna be so powerful in, in our lives. I want you to say this with me. Say, I can... Say, I can change. Come on, if you're watching online, say it. Say, I can change. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida. Everybody say Bethsaida. While he sent the multitude away, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing. Everybody say that with me. Say straining at rowing. For the wind was against them. One translation says the wind was contrary. Anybody feel like at times in your life, Life is contrary. I mean, just no matter what you're doing, like life is is contrary, right? And it says, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land and they, and, and he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. I want you to just highlight that. Would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and they cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. You know, I think that this story can really show us three benefits and what I call three uh, barriers to change, right? Because Jesus tells the disciples, I want you to go ahead. I want you to get in the boat and I want you to go across the Sea of Galilee because we're going to go to Bethsaida. And so they do. And he goes up to pray. And what's interesting about this story to me is that, number one, Jesus always has a destination for our life. He always has a purpose for our life. He has a destination for your life just like he does mine. And he wanted to go to the other side because there were people there that need him. There were people there that would be healed. There were people there that would be touched by God. This is one of the reasons why God wants you to get through a hard time. He wants you to get through a hard time because he knows that people need to hear your story. Can I hear a good amen? He knows that there are people on the other side of this story that when you receive a victory, it's going to help them get out of their lives. And they're going to see that you can do hard things. And we see that there's a storm. Jesus is actually watching and he's seeing the disciples. There's a storm. It's contrary. And he sees that. And yet he said, the Bible says he comes to them walking on the water. Now, we read this, have read this. We probably heard it in our, in our kids' classes. So we read over it. We don't think it's a big deal. Like, yeah, Jesus walks on water. But can I just tell you, if you saw this for the first time, it was something that they had never seen before done. They probably didn't even have the concept that this could be done. So they don't know what's going on, right? So here comes Jesus, and here's what Jesus is doing. He's changing the way that they're thinking about things. See, people don't usually walk on water, but I love this because he's doing it different. He's going to get to this destination, but he's going to get there different. And here's the first barrier that I have found to change. It's what I call the fear of the unknown. And this is usually how people can act to change, right? Is they're afraid right? They're, they're afraid. They respond in fear. The disciples, now these are grown men. All of a sudden they become superstitious. They see this figure and here's how they describe it. They say, it's a ghost. A ghost? A ghost? Really? That's your first impression? Now, let me tell you, we know the story. It was Jesus. It was something good, but it was something different. 
right? Really, it's a ghost? And this is interesting to me, especially in the church, right? Because people get superstitious. They'll say, oh, really, you guys believe in that prophecy stuff? Oh, you guys believe in that speaking in tongues kind of stuff, right? Oh, you believe in healing? Yeah, we believe in healing. You know, my, uh, my father-in-law was here when Rex Crane was here, and he had a diagnosis that the doctor said wasn't good. He had come to visit with us. Rex prayed for him. Do you know that, that um, he went back to the doctor when he got home and the doctor said, everything's good. That, 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 that's not even there. What I told you was there is not even there. Yes, we believe in healing. Can I hear a good amen? But what I think is funny is that people will say, really, you believe in prophecy? Really, you believe in, in, in speaking in tongues? Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, and you believe in ghosts and Bigfoot. You believe in Bigfoot, right? But you won't believe in prophecy, right? You'll believe that JFK, Elvis, Michael Jackson are still alive, but you won't believe that Jesus is still alive or is alive. Come on, somebody. It's funny the things that, that, that we believe. We talk about life on Mars, right? But then yet we can't believe in the glory of God. It's funny, somebody could come to me and say, oh, you know, Pastor Phil, I, I'm struggling with, with smoking. Can you pray for me that I don't smoke anymore? And I could say, yes. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that every time they get a craving to smoke, you just make them throw up, Lord. I pray, Lord, that every time that craving comes, that uh, 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 the, 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 the fleas of a thousand camels would be in their bed every time they get that craving. Like, no, don't pray that over me. And it's funny because you'll believe if I curse you, you'll believe that. But if I pray healing, and stuff over you, you won't believe that. It's funny how we believe. And we can be superstitious and believe in a ghost than believe in Jesus walking on water. And this is what they're doing, right? And so because we're superstitious, here's the reality. We miss out on the supernatural, right? We miss out on the supernatural. But here's the thing, and here's the great news, my church family. You were born for the supernatural. Can I hear a good amen today? If you've ever been scared or scared, guess what? You're supernatural. If you've ever believed that there was a monster underneath your bed, guess what? You're spiritual. Because it takes a spiritual person to believe in the supernatural. Either that or you're watching way too much Monster Zinc. But see, here's what happened, and here's what happen, can happen with us. They have this cookie-cutter mentality of what Jesus was like. And here's what fear will do. Fear will turn something good into something bad. This was not a ghost. This was Jesus. Can I hear a good amen today? And you know what I love that in the book of Matthew, because we're reading in the book of Mark, but Matthew gives an account that we're going to tap into a little bit, because I think you have to read both accounts to get the full revelation of what God is, is saying to us in this story. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus hears them and they say it's a ghost. And the first thing Jesus says to them is be of good cheer. In other words, the, the Greek translation is take courage. You're going to have to address your fear if you're going to change. Fear doesn't just fade away. It has to be dealt with. And oftentimes fear will paralyze you from going to the next level. Why does it paralyze us from going to the next level? Because we've never, we don't know what the next level's like. We haven't been there before, but I'm so thankful that we have a God who has been there and wants to take us there that we can trust if we don't let fear get in the way. And I have a question for you. I wonder what you could do if you had no fear. 
I wonder what your life would be like if you had no fear. There was a decision that finally we had to make as a family. Are we going to stay in our house forever because of COVID? Especially in the news, they're saying COVID's always going to be here. What are you going to do? You're going to have to address your fear. And we said, you know what? Our life is not going to be bound by fear. We are coming out. Come on, somebody. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Are you afraid? Is that why there's no response? Or is just my singing is not appropriate to your ears? At some point, and this, me and my wife talked about this. At what point do you say, that's it? I'm addressing my fear. But I wonder what your life would be like if you had no fear. But see, here's the, the, the first benefit, right? The first barrier is the fear of, of, um, of, of the unknown. But here's the first benefit of change. A new way of doing things. There's a new way of doing things. And I think Jesus comes to them walking on the water. He says, look, I can change the way you can think about getting to your destination. I'm going to show you a different way. I'm going to show you that the way that you've always done things is not always how you have to do it. But you can do something different. Come on, somebody. Right? Because the truth is the same actions bring about the same results. Now they're finding out even when working out, you can't just do the same thing, right? CrossFit came along and changed the game, right? You got to work this muscle and you got to change it and you got to do this. Why? Because the same actions bring about the same results. Sometimes we're in the same place because we haven't changed. We haven't done something different. And the Bible says that we're supposed to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Did I show up to the right church this morning? The same actions bring about the same results. And Jesus shows us by walking on the water that just because something hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. See, you can do things differently and actually have better results. And see, when we look at our families, we look at our lives, it's easy to start to to succumb to, well, this is my DNA from my family. This is my family tree. But you know what? You can start a new branch on the family tree or start a whole nother tree. Because sometimes I'm very appreciative to my family. But you know what I've learned? That fear is contagious. And fear can be passed down from generation to generation. And that's not the family tree that I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a faith tree. A a family of faith that is moving in the supernatural. Not superstitious, but supernatural life. And the Bible says this, that the, the, the disciples are, man, they're battling The Bible says they were straining at the oars. They're in this, trying to get to the destination. I wonder what your dream is. I wonder what your destination is in your mind and in your heart and how you're getting there. But you know, the Bible says that they were straining at the oars. I looked up that word in the Greek. You know what straining means? It means grievous pains, tossed, to be harassed, torture, and torment. So here they are. They're doing what Jesus told them to do. Man, they're rowing. Man, they're straining, right? The Bible says it's grievous. It's painful. It's not easy. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever had Jesus tell you to do something, you felt like you're doing something for God, and it's not easy? It's hard. It's hard. Anybody in this room ever feel like God told you to do something, and it got difficult? Now, 
I think what happens sometimes is we think when God tells us to do something, it's just going to be easy. (laughs) Ask people in the Bible, ask Joseph about his dream. Ask Paul if it was easy. I think we think when Jesus says, hey, go to the other side, that all of a sudden a motor is going to appear and we're going to put it on the back of our boat and we're just going to go right over to the other side. But in truth, what happens is they were straining. But you know what I have found looking at this story? When God tells you to do something and it's not easy, maybe God has another way for us to do it. Maybe he has another way for us to do it. They're rowing and they're straining. And watch this. This is all they know. This is all they know. This is how they're doing. This is how we've always done it. And then they see this figure on the water and they can't tell what it is. And when Jesus says, it is I, be of good courage. It's interesting because Jesus is showing them, you can be on the water and you don't even need a boat. You can be in a storm, but you can walk above the storm. And they've never seen this before. But here's the second barrier to change is our comfort. It's our comfort. You know, what I find interesting is that you read in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus would have passed them by. I find this very interesting because the Sea of Galilee, which was the sea that they were on, is about 13 miles, maybe in length, maybe eight miles wide. It's not a huge sea. And when you start reading, you know, it talks about in the evening. And then it talks about Jesus coming to them at the fourth watch of the night. I started to look at those timelines and I thought evening is about seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. So here the disciples, here's what they do is they get in the boat and they start straining and rowing. And the Bible says they're in the middle of the sea. In other words, it's been three, four, five hours and they're not making any progress. Come on, somebody. And then in there not making any progress and straining and it be painful, Jesus comes like this in a moment. And what they couldn't do in four or five, six hours, the Bible says he sees them at 4 a.m. and they're still not at the destination. They're still straining. They're still trying to work it out. And yet what they could not do in about five to six hours, Jesus comes and does in a couple moments. He starts walking over the sea. He just starts looking and he He's just walking and they're like, what, what? And what is Jesus doing? He's showing them there's a different way that this can be done. Come on, can I hear a good amen? But see what we do, and this can become a barrier, right? Because the second barrier to change is our comfort. Well, I've never done it like that. We've never done it like that. We always do it this way, right? And so let me just say it this way. Our comfort can come from where we put our confidence in, right? Peter and some of the guys were fishermen all their life. They had their confidence in the boat and they had their confidence in rowing. And Jesus was showing them, you know what? You don't even need the boat. If you'll just have confidence in me and have faith in me, you can do something very different than what you've known your whole life. Can I hear a good amen today? But see, here's what I've realized. Some people will stay in the boat their whole life. Some people will look in the boat. They won't try anything new, right? And they just stay in the boat. They want change, but not at the cost of their comfort. I want to say that again. They want change, but not at the cost of their comfort. And you know what happens? I've learned in 30 years of ministry, even in church, with church people, a lot of them will stay comfortable their whole life. 
And you know what I found? I found that people who stay comfortable in their walk with God usually start to become stagnant. They get stuck. And I've watched many of them go back to their old life. And you know what it was? It was because they never grew. See, growth is about something new. Growth is about going to some place where you've never gone before. Growth is about thinking thoughts that you've never thought before. Come on, somebody today. Right? And a lot of us have self limited uh, limitations that we have placed in our mind that we've learned from maybe society or of our family. But if you'll think different, and this is what Jesus was doing, he was totally changing their mentality. They've never seen something before. Can I just tell you, my church family, I feel this for my life and I feel this for you. This is what God wants to do. He wants to take you places that you've never been before. He wants to take you beyond yourself. He wants to take you beyond your circumstances to the place that he has for you, but he's gonna do it different than you thought. Can I hear a good amen today? But the kind of life that God has, I got to tell you, the kind of life that God has is right outside your comfort zone. And God doesn't want us to be comfortable in the boat and have confidence in the boat. You know what he wants us to have confidence in? In him. But here's the second benefit to change. Barriers get broken. My friends, barriers get broken. See, many people think that because when there's a storm in their life, that Jesus isn't there. He left the scene, right? So they become negative. Actually, what this story shows us is that not only is Jesus with them in the storm, but the stuff that you and I struggle with, he walks above. Oh, come on, that's good. He walks above. And here's what I want to do today. I want to activate that in you today. This, 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 this truth that things can be different, that all things are possible, that life can be done differently, right? Life can be done differently if we live supernaturally the way God wants us to. And when Jesus, when, when Peter sees Jesus, it's interesting because he sees Jesus. And although they were afraid after Jesus calms their fear. And again, I want to ask you, what would you do if you weren't afraid? When Peter sees Jesus, it's like Peter's like, man, there's something in me that identifies with what Jesus is doing. There's something in me. There was something in Peter that said there must be more than just straining. There must be more to just grinding every day. There must be more than to the way that I've lived life. The Bible calls it there's deep calling unto deep. Deep is calling. And Peter's like, Jesus, can I come? Because I'm seeing something in you is identifying with me. And you know what? Can I come? Because I want to come. I want to do different. I want to get out. I want to do what you're doing. This is kind of what he was asking Jesus. Jesus, can I do this how you're doing it? Jesus, can I do life different? And you know what Jesus says? This is what I love about Jesus. Because he's not just in the storm with us. He's not just walking over the storm. But he invites us to come with him to walk on the water. And he says, come on, Peter. You can do life different. You don't have to have a marriage just like everybody else. You can have a different marriage. When 50% of people who are getting married are divorced, you can be different. Can I hear a good amen today? right? You can start your own business. You can be your own boss. You can do this. You can do life different. Can I hear a good amen today? (laughs) Peter's like, after seeing you, Jesus, I don't want to do it like I used to do it. I don't want to do it that way. Man, I want to do it like you're doing it, Jesus, right? I'm tired of rowing 
And you know what Peter does? I love this. He gets out of the boat and he takes a risk. He has some faith that when Jesus says come, that he can do it like Jesus is doing it. And I always say, Peter didn't walk on water. Peter walked on the word that he got from God. And when Jesus says, come, he gets out and he takes a risk. That's how I spell faith, R-I-S-K. And my church family, when you begin to take a risk, when you begin to take a step, not only will you do the hard things, Peter didn't just do the hard things. You know what he did? He did the impossible things. The impossible thing. He broke a barrier that nobody else had broken. He was the only guy to ever walk on water besides Jesus. He broke a barrier. And this is what happens. When you step on God's word, you begin to do the impossible. So whatever you're facing right now, and you may think it's an impossibility in your mind, but you know what? With man, it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Come on, can we take a praise break just for a moment and give the Lord a good round of applause today? See, Peter's been on the water before a lot, but he's never been on the water like this. I wonder what he was thinking as he was walking on the water. Ooh, man, I could change the game of fishing. I don't even need a boat anymore. I don't even need a boat. I don't even need that anymore. I don't need it. I wonder what he's thinking. Man, I could start a business, water walking. Man, we are going to change the game when it comes to fishing. But I love this because I wonder if any of you in this room are tired of doing the same thing over and over again. You're tired of doing it the same way all the time. You're tired, right, uh, of doing it the same as just everybody else. Can I just encourage you? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Now to him who is able, who is him? God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what? All that we what? All that we ask or think according to the power that's in him, right? What does it say? Does it say the power's in him? Come on, help me, church family. Where is the power? Power. He is the source of power, but my church family, the power is in us, is in us. Watch this. Peter activated the power by asking. I wanna say that again. Peter activated the power by saying, Can I come? Do you remember in part one, what happened? Paul and Silas activated the power by what? Praising God. Do you remember in part two, when we talked about how Peter was in prison and the church came together and they activated the power, how? By praying. And Peter activates the power by asking, can I come? See, I love this because Jesus says, come. You know why he says come? Because he knows what's inside of you. He already knows that you have the power inside of you to do different. He knows that you have the power inside of you to walk over the storm, not just get through the storm, but walk through the storm. He knows that the power inside of you, you can do hard things. Jesus knows that, but you know what Jesus is waiting for? Jesus is waiting for you to know it. Because when you know it, you walk differently. When you know that you can walk over the storm, you stop looking at the waves. You stop looking at the temperature. 
right? You stop looking at that. Jesus knew that Peter could walk on water. And my church family, I'm praying to activate this inside of you because if God is not moving, it's because something in you has not been activated. Let me say that again. If God's not moving in your life, it's because the power of God needs to be activated in your life. And oh boy, does he want to do it. And that's what I'm praying. I'm praying that we would not just live status quo lives. I'm praying that we won't just be a product of society. I'm praying that we're just not gonna be victims of this last season because you can't experience victory and be a victim at the same time. You cannot walk through the storm and be a victim. You can't. And I always like to preface when I talk about being a victim because it comes across and it can come across as being insensitive. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I know I've been a victim of many things, but I decided one day I'm gonna do different. And you know, I am going to be and walk in victory. Why? Because Jesus did it. See, Peter walked on water and experienced it because he did because Jesus already did. And I'm believing in you that this will be activated in you and in your life, that you will have a family like nobody else has ever had. I'm believing. I love this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You know, it's funny. I hear people say, well, you know, I just want to get back to normal. Really? Normal? You want to live a normal life? Well, you know, I just, I just want things to get back the way that they were before COVID. Really? There were a lot of broken things that were, that things were broken before COVID too, right? I just want to get back to normal. Really? Why set your sights so low? Why not say, you know what? I want to live a supernatural life and I don't want to just get back to normal. I want to get back to what God has for me and I want to do differently. I want to walk on the storms. I want to do what no one else in my family has ever done before, maybe even ever done before. That's what I want to do. I want to set my sights on Jesus who is the author and the finisher of my faith. But I think there's something you need to know. You're going to have to leave some things behind. See, they had to leave the crowd behind first to get inside the boat to go to the other side. Not everybody wants to change. Oh, you know what? As a pastor, here's, here's, here's a little secret sauce. You ready? I'm not gonna, I, I can't help people change that don't want to change. And when I want it more than you want it, there's a problem. And sometimes I just had to, it's, it's sad to me. It's sad. But you know what? I, I can't want it for you. You're going to have to make a, a, a decision to, to want that for you. But you know, first, all of the disciples had to get in the boat, and the Bible says they led the multitude behind. So not everybody's coming. But Peter, in the boat, had to leave the other 11 behind. One out of 12 made a difference, made, made a decision to do something different. One out of 12 made a decision to say, I am getting out of the boat. So you just need to know the odds are probably against you. But here's the cool thing. Jesus only needs one person to break out. Jesus only needs one person to break the barrier. Because watch this. Because once somebody breaks the barrier, my church family, it shows that it can be done. It shows that it can be done. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. (laughs) One person recovers from their parents' divorce, 
shows that it can be done. One person who gets off of drugs shows that it can be done. Come on, somebody. One person who God can work and use, who had a bad past, if one person can do it, guess what? It can be done. Can I hear a good amen? Oh, let's go deeper. If one person can have a good godly marriage, guess what? Everybody else, it can be done. If one person can have a Christian-based business and honor God with their finances, and guess what? Then it can be done. It can be done. I love it. He doesn't need everybody. He just needs somebody. And you know what's sad to me? is that everybody could have got out of the boat. Everybody was invited, but only one came. You know, the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Can I tell you, can I tell you the interpretation of that? Everybody's invited, but only a few show up. Everybody's invited. You know, I thought this was interesting because... The Bible says that Jesus was going to pass them by. So in other, and and this bothered me, it it, kind of bothered me because I was like, Jesus is going to pass them by. So he sees them struggling and he, he, he comes to them, but he was going to pass them by. He sees their fear. So he addresses their fear. But you know what Jesus wanted? Jesus wanted them to, to see that and go, that's Jesus. He's walking on the water. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's get out of the boat. Let's, let's do it. Let's go do that. Let's, let's do life differently. That's, that's what he wanted for them to do. He wanted to inspire them to do something different. Everybody look at me. Pastor Phil, why didn't Jesus just go over to the disciples and say, hey, guys, why didn't you get out of the boat? Hey, guys, I'm going to pick you up. Come on, guys, and cradle them, right? Come on, guys, we're going to go and get out of the boat. And, you know, um, come on, I'm going to help you. Because I think that's what we think Jesus is going to do. That's not what he does. He will inspire you. He will give you a word. But you have to make a decision to get out on faith and do what he's calling us to do and living the life that he's calling us to live. Yeah, it's not popular. It's different, but it's good. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a good amen today? It's good to do it the Jesus way. He's not going to come inside the boat and pick you up and take you out of the boat. He doesn't do that. Are you ready for this? He will let you do it the way you've always done it, straining. He'll let you do it if you want to do it that way. He's not going to make you do different, but he will inspire you. He will encourage you. He will empower you. But at the end of the day, you have to take that step. And my church family, barriers were broken when Peter walked on water. Limitations were broken. I wonder what limitations need to be broken over your life. Peter does the impossible. Let's not set our sights too low. But look, here's the third barrier to change. Failure. There are people who think, why, why actually do this? I'm going to fail anyway. I'm going to fail. Some people are like, I think some people actually fail because they've already reached their goal. They're already about to reach their goal. This is interesting. You know, Jesus said the goal was Bethsaida. Hey, guys, we're all going to go to Bethsaida. But notice what Peter said to Jesus. Peter said, can I come to you, Jesus? The goal wasn't just to go to Jesus. The goal was for all of them to go to Bethsaida. 
right? And so Peter actually gets to Jesus because the Bible says that when he begins to sink, Jesus just reaches out his hand. So Jesus just reaches out him. So he he almost got to his goal. And some of us fail because we need new goals. We Come on, somebody. We need to, to, to be stretched a little bit more. And if you've already reached your goal, then man, you've got to get another goal. But we all know the story. What happens? Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to look at the wind and the wave, which were already there. The Bible says that it was already, when they went out into the sea, this is already the conditions. And you know what happens? Peter begins to sink. I think it's amazing to me what can happen when you start looking at your circumstances. You start forgetting who you are and you start to forget where you're at. Hear me, my church family, and if you're watching today online, Peter didn't fail until he changed his focus. Watch this. Peter's vision changed. Jesus didn't change. Peter was looking at Jesus and Jesus didn't start to sink. So Peter started to sink. Jesus was walking on water. But what changed in this equation? What changed was that Peter lost focus. And watch what happened. Let's look at the progression here. As soon as he takes his focus off of Jesus, he loses forward motion. He stops. He gets stuck. And he starts to sink. I want to say that again. For some of us, we stared way too much at the storm. We're looking at the storm. And Peter was looking at Jesus. He was doing hard things. He was doing the impossible things. But then you know what? As soon as he started focusing on the storm instead of the Savior, he stops he gets stuck and he starts to sink. I want to say that again. He stops. He's not moving forward anymore. He gets stuck and then he starts to sink. But here's what I love about Jesus is that as soon as Peter says, Jesus, help me, Jesus reaches out his hand. Notice what Jesus didn't do. Hey, Peter, how come you didn't take those lessons, those swimming lessons that I told you? Huh? And Peter's like, help me, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, you you signed up for those swimming lessons, but you didn't take them. And Peter's like, you know what Jesus does first? The first thing he does is he restores him before he corrects him. And he grabs his hand. I love this, right? And look at Matthew 14, 31. It says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? I thought this was funny because I'm like, little faith? Man, this guy got out of the boat. But look at the word little. Little means this in the Greek, short burst. And then doubt means this, to accept the second opinion. So he gets out. And how many of you know, God is not looking for just a short burst of faith. He wants you to complete what he started in you. That's why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, because God wants you to finish. But this, this definition of doubt is pretty interesting to accept the second opinion. So here, Peter is looking at Jesus and he's doing great. And all of a sudden here comes that old mindset. Hey, you can't do this. Hey, you can't, you can't, you can't. It's not normal for people to walk on water. Peter, look at the waves. Look how big they are. Look at this storm. And guess what Peter did? He accepted the second opinion and he stopped forward motion. He got stuck and then he began to sink. And here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it to me and he's saying it to you. You could make it, Peter. 
you could have made it. See, wherever you are on this spectrum, maybe you have failed, but can I just tell you, Jesus can restore us and get us back into the direction that we need to go. And I'm gonna tell you, me personally, I would rather have tried and failed, right, than do nothing. I know people who have never failed, and you know why? It's because they never do nothing. They never do anything. How many of you have heard of Michael Jordan? Heard Michael Jordan? How many of you, when I say Michael Jordan, you think, oh, that's the failed baseball player? Anybody thought that? Michael Jordan, oh yeah, that's the guy who tried baseball and he didn't do well. No, what do we think about when we hear Michael Jordan? We think the greatest basketball player, and he is, he is. The greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, he tried baseball and I love it. I'm glad that he did. Go for it, dude. But you know what? He didn't make it. But that's not what people remember. And here's what I love about Peter. Peter gets a really bad rap. Ladies and gentlemen, he was the only man besides Jesus to ever walk on water. He tried. Yeah, you need to be willing to fail. It may happen, right? But here's the reality. We have a God. And if we keep our eyes on him, he will lift us back up and put us right in the direction of where we need to go. And here's the cool thing. All of them could have walked on water. But you know what? I have decided for me, I don't know about you, I don't want to live a what-if life. I I don't want to live it. What if I would have done that? What if we would have done that? And I wonder if these disciples, the Bible doesn't say, but I wonder if these disciples had to live with that. Oh man, remember that day Peter got out? What was I thinking? How come I didn't get out of the boat? Maybe I could walk on water. I don't know. Should I, maybe I'll try that. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to live that type of life. Come on, somebody. I don't want to live a what if, should have, could have, would have. I want to live a life that's supernatural, that walks through the storms of life. Come on, somebody today. And here's the truth. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker any day. Because here's the thing. I don't know when you read this, but I, 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 my mind just plays and goes in different directions. But I can just see Peter walking back with Jesus and the disciples. You always have those ones, right? Oh, Peter, look at you, you big idiot. Look at you. You went out and you started walking on the water and you failed. And I love this because Peter can always look at him and say, yeah, buddy but I did it. I did it. I did it. My church family, you will never know what you can do until you're challenged. You'll never know what you can do in God until you take the step of faith. And here's what I want to close today. Here's the third benefit of change is growth. You grow beyond where you are. See, how many of you, I was thinking about this, how many of you have ever gone through a hard thing and maybe that hard thing has kind of repeated itself it came back to you, some circumstance, but you looked at it and you go, I've already gone through this. And you know what? If God already supplied for this, I'm going to get through again. What are you saying? You've grown. You've grown where before that used to freak you out. Oh my goodness. But guess what? It don't freak me out anymore because I've grown. I've seen victory in my life. And here's what I love. Are you ready? This is crazy. I love that Jesus picks Peter back up and he says, look, Peter, come on. Let's walk back to the boat. Let's do this together. I'm going to show you how to walk on water. This is good, Peter. Now here's what I find what's interesting. And here's what I want to just kind of end with. The goal was never to go back to the boat. Where was the goal? Where were they supposed to go? Remember we said Bethsaida. They were going to go to Bethsaida. 
and you may not get this just by reading. You have to read different translations. You have to look at both of, of the accounts in Matthew and Mark. But I found one translation. Watch this. They got back to the boat, and one translation says this. It says they passed over to the other side. So it was like Jesus said, hey, Peter, all right, look, you didn't make it to Bethsaida. That's all right. I'm going to teach you how to walk on water. But as soon as they got in the boat, it was like Jesus says, look, man, we ain't going back to the way you were doing things. We ain't going back to straining. We're going straight to the other side. And one translation says as soon as they got back in the boat, the, the storm stopped. And guess what happened? They passed over to the other side. And what am I saying to us today, church? Here's what I'm saying that Jesus will give you a whole different life. He'll give you a whole way of doing things. And Peter's faith grew. His faith grew because he took a step of faith. He took a step of faith. You know, we can't do hard things just by doing the same things and the way that we've always done things. We have to grow. You know, I've talked to people who've gone through hard times and they'll tell me, man, during that hard time, Phil, I prayed like I never prayed before. How many have ever done that? Man, Phil, I fasted like I never fasted before. Phil, man, it, 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 was, it was an interesting time. And some people will tell me this, in the hard times, Phil, man, guess what? I grew closer to God than I ever have before. Can I tell you what you did? You grew. You grew. And God wants to take us from victory to victory. And see, hard times, a lot of times, will get, take us into and make us have steps toward Jesus. And with him, whatever we're facing, you can walk over the storm today. Because that's what change does. Change produces growth. Change produces maturity. Change allows us to experience new possibilities. And I want to close with this today. See, I think walking on water, we can look at that and go, Phil, yeah, but how do I really apply this to my life? See, for you to forgive somebody else today may take you walking on water. Walking on water for you may be, man, I, I just won't forgive. I, I, I've never really forgiven. So you don't understand what's happening in my life. It's time to walk on water. For you, maybe this, the step is you've never, you've never started tithing. You've never given the Lord 10% of your income. It's time to walk on water. Because I will tell you this, God can do more with your 10% than you can do with 100%. And it's like walking on water. It's like, oh, I've never done this before. Pastor Phil, I don't know what it's like to, to give my whole life to Jesus. It's walking on water. It's putting our life in his hand. Phil, I don't know what it's like to leave a job and I feel like I need to start this business. I know, I know, but you're gonna have to get out of the boat. You're gonna have to see Jesus and he's calling you to do things different. That we don't have to be overburdened all week working 80 hours a week. And you go, well, things are good. You know, I'm working 80 hours a week. Yeah, but the Bible says that what profits the world if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What good is it if things are going good, but in your mind, man, your mind is just going crazy. I'm telling you that you can do it a different way. You can do it with favor on your life. You can do it where God begins to open doors. And this isn't just about your cool sales pitch. This is about God having you at the right place at the right time, meeting one or two clients that could change the trajectory of your business. Can I hear a good amen today? 
I'm talking about doing it different. I'm talking about that in the hard times, we don't just go back to, I'm just going to trust myself more. I'm just going to grind more. No, I'm going to trust God more in the hard times and let him bring about the answers that I need. Come on, can we give him a good round of applause today? Come on, would you stand and let's pray. Do you receive today's word? Man, it's powerful. In a hard time, we can do different. In a hard time, we can change. Let's bow our heads. I just felt in my heart by the Holy Spirit that there's some people here watching and you said, Phil, I've tried. I've tried to change and it's just not working. I'm I'm trying. Listen, (laughs) we can't change ourselves. We need Jesus. We need his word. We need his supernatural power to change us. That was the most frustrating part. I've never heard something like that preach. I always thought I had to change myself. Yeah, I knew God loved me, but I, I was so frustrated and I quit because I couldn't do it. And God's not asking you to do it alone. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you today. Father, in Jesus' name, there are some of us in here, some of us that are watching online, you're wearied and you're tired. And Jesus is saying, come to me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Rest just means that we can totally put our trust in God, no matter what the circumstances is, no matter what's going on in our life, we can trust in Jesus. And when you do, and when he tells you to come, do what he's asking you to do. Because God has a way of getting to Bethsaida in minutes where it took the whole, it took the disciples hours. Because God's way is always better. Jesus's way is always better. And Father, right now, I pray for your people. Lord, I pray right now that you would show us your way, your way to have a family, your way to have a marriage, your way, Lord God, to live this life the way you want us to live, to get to the destination that you've already planned for our life. And it doesn't have to be like anybody else, but it can be your way. We thank you for your presence here today, Jesus, and that we serve a God that walks on water. And Lord, I pray that today, water walkers will be activated today. Lord, that you would activate your power on the inside of us to do the impossible. To do the impossible. You can do hard things because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.